This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to podcast number seven of season three, College Dame Day. We will be recapping, unfortunately, the Nebraska-Minnesota game. We will bring back a popular segment, Football on Fleek, um, and then we'll wrap up talking about last week's picks and looking forward to some of the games coming up. So I know we don't want to go there, but we have to. Nebraska-Minnesota. I have a confession. I recorded the game as usual. And then after I saw the results, I did not watch it. This is the danger in my method. I will say if there's a flaw, (laughs) this is it. But is it really a flaw? Because you avoided a lot of heartache and mental anguish. I don't Uh, know that I did, though, because I was following along the best I could with the score. And I was getting so frustrated I'm like what is happening like my mind is going crazy trying to imagine what could lead to us not being able to beat Minnesota yeah that that defeats your whole purpose following along with the score still I think because like then then you don't know what's you do know what's happening but you can't see what's happening and so it's you feel a little more out of control like because what happened with me Cassidy had her last soccer game and so I was at that with mom and dad and you know killing Kaden and then Caden was like, let's get home, let's get home. We can see the second half after it was over. So I watched the second half. I watched the very first drive where Minnesota, where we had a three and out, and then Minnesota marched down and scored. And then I was like, I'm glad I'm going to the game. And then I was like, okay, halftime, like, we still have a chance. And then it looked good for a little bit. And then it got very bad, very fast. And I was with dad. So, yeah, that didn't, that wasn't the best scenario. <laughs> Mom dipped out to take Cassie to the pool. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I have some questions then since I didn't watch it. I'll just kind of get a play by play from you guys. What did you feel like was the biggest issue? Because I did look at the stats and it didn't look like Adrian turned the ball over a bunch. So I'm like, he what? Very key moment. He threw a pass when he was in the end zone for intentional grounding and he turned yeah. the ball over. Very, okay. very key moment. Yeah. So. Okay. The, the other right. biggest issue was not capitalizing when we were in the red zone um, or maybe the 30 yard and closer. So we were there three times and got zero points. Missed an so extra we just point. cannot capitalize. We also missed an extra point again. Um, uh-huh. Missed a field goal, an important one. But yeah, it, I mean, it, the stats might not show Adrian had a fumble, but he he turned the ball over. Um, and okay. the thing, yeah, it didn't if, show that. If he what, when we got the safety or whatever, or the intentional grounding that was like technically ruled a safety, mm-hmm. like if he had gone down there, it wouldn't have been a safety because the ball, like his feet were in the end zone. But if he'd have just like fallen forward with the ball, like I don't think the ball was completely in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's how a safety's ruled. So like, yeah, it is. started back on their like three or something. It was bad. It was, you know, bad. But like if he'd have just gone down or like, thrown it to somebody or <laughs> just yeah. done anything else he, he turned it over yeah he gave him two points and gave him the ball when we needed okay. to score. so so yeah. it kind of sounds like it was special teams and our offense 
per use. Shocking. I know. Yeah, probably nothing uh, too shocking there. Um, okay. I just, someone was saying on another podcast I was listening to, it's just Nebraska cannot perform when they need to. Like, they just crumble. So, yeah. you do, like, the opposite of what we need to do is, like, we'll turn the ball over. We don't capitalize on points. Like, we leave points off the board. Like, mm-hmm. we just cannot get out of our own way. Also and for the- me, it comes down, I'm like, it has to be coaching at this point. Like, Scott Frost has lost how many one, like, one possession games like, yeah. why is it that we can continue not to perform in these situations? I do think Adrian mentally kind of falls apart at the end. There was yeah. rumors that maybe he was hurt um, battling a couple different injuries, and he still had to go out there. So I'm like, do we not have a better option coached up, like, ready to go? Mm-hmm. Like, what? why is it that there's so many one-possession games that we cannot win? Like, it has to be coaching at this point. Like, I just don't understand yeah. how it can be this many games. And it was funny because we were all like, well, at least we'll lose by two scores. So it won't, we won't be in that statistic of losing by one score. And then sure enough, our offense marches down the field, no problem, and scores. Like, Austin <laughs> Allen has this amazing catch. So, of course, we're within a one score again. We're like, no, don't yeah. make these stats. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's the same story. Definitely. Yeah. I am. Um, I found something interesting. Actually, Michael shared it with me and they compared Scott Frost to other active um, FBS coaches that have coached at least the same number of games as him. And they looked at six different categories. So the overall winning percentage, he's second to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Only the San Jose state coach has a worse one. And only one other coach in the big 10 has a winning percentage less than 50, which is Jeff Brom. Then they looked at winning percentage versus conference opponents. Frost is third at the bottom. Winning percentage versus opponents with winning records, Frost is last. Winning percentage mm. versus opponents with winning conference records, Frost is second at the bottom. Winning percentage versus power five, Frost is second to the bottom. And then winning versus top 25 opponents, he's last with 0%. And I'm like... Frost at Nebraska, though. Like, not his whole career. Yeah. I don't care I about guess. his other career. <laughs> I don't care about my career. But, like, here's the thing, like... You, you, stats don't tell the whole story. I know that, like, people don't like Scott, but, like, he's not the issue to me. He's not. To me, like, I know, Laura, you keep saying coaching, coaching, but I disagree. Like, I think it's players. I think it's players, players, players. And but who like, puts the players out there? Why are they still playing? Right, right. That is, that's the tension because I kind of agree with Amy. I would love to see what Scott can do with a different quarterback. He has never coached without Adrian. And I think that is his blind spot. Like, I, I think, think he it's what's happening. I think it's integrity. Like, that, because I think he promised Adrian. Like, here's a kid whose mom died. He promises that family Adrian's got a spot and whatever. And, like, I think it's, like, his loyalty. And maybe it's a little bit of blind loyalty. But, like... I think it's good intentions that he keeps him there because Adrian can do amazing things sometimes, but then he just crumbles at other times. And it's like, you never know what he's going to do. Yeah. Like, I think the problem is Adrian. I think it's our, like, well, that's part of the problem and our offensive line, because here's the thing. It's not, Adrian doesn't have to make hard decisions if he has a little bit of time to do something too. Like, yes, he makes mistakes a lot, but our line doesn't support him at all either. So that's what I think most of it comes down to. I don't disagree with all those points, but at the end of the day, Scott has to step and make the tough decision. So if he mm-hmm. needs to fire all those buddies that he brought up from UCF and put better mm-hmm. coaches in place, like for example, our D line coach, which is one of our best, not one of Scott Frost's original buddies. Um, if Adrian Martinez yeah. isn't getting the job done, he needs to coach up Smothers. Like, 
I, I do understand Adrian's had some faults and I get it. I, that is partly on him. But at the end of the day, I'm like, it falls on coaching. How do you have guys on special teams that don't understand you and that stand at the 10 yard line? And if it goes over your head, you don't try to get yeah. it. Like just well, those little things there. Tell me like Scott Frost isn't making the tough decisions. He isn't putting the best coaches in the places to be. Well, and the fact that we continue to have the same mistakes, I'm like, Okay, and like the fact that Teddy Porhuska that got injured, it took him what to the game five or six to play him when he was clearly one of the best tackles. I'm like, come mm. on! Like, but I think he was needing him to not use his eligibility up this year to like redshirt him. Like, but why? We need him. Like, I could understand if we didn't need him, but clearly we did. We could have yeah. won probably Illinois. We probably could have won Michigan like, State. That Scott is making changes though at other positions, like Cam Taylor Britt's not receiving punt. Like so, yes. like he. It, <laughs> that is a good, good decision. Reason, like Adrian is his blind, is his like Achilles heel, like where that's he. That's been has, yes, that's been the most egregious position where I think anyone with eyes can say, "Why are you continuing to put your faith in someone who cannot be trusted?" Like you said, Adrian has a lot of raw talent, and I think he's a very athletic kid, which makes, like, it lends to the kind of system that Scott wants to run. The unfortunate part of it is, like, mentally, he's not, he's not there. Like, he just can't handle it. And I think Scott just wants to keep giving him opportunities and hoping that he will gain confidence and he will, you know, kind of push through and get to the other side. But, you know, we're, we're going on year five now, and I would like to see what he can do with someone else at that position. Um, And I'd also like to see what we could do with a special teams coach. Do you know what team did not have a special teams coach and was really, really terrible? Iowa. Then they hired a special teams coach and look at them now, maybe not this week, but like in the past six weeks, their special teams are the only reason that they have been winning games. And the other team has like gifted them turnovers, like 27 a game. So um, but, but some of that is they're, they are forcing turnovers. Like they do have a good defense. Okay. Well, that's not special teams though, but like, I, I do think Alabama not, that but they're I mean, like the best players are the special teams. They literally put their best p- position players on special teams because yeah. that's how much of an emphasis they put on it. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just think the end of the day, I think it's. I was hoping that Scott Frost could translate from being, you know, the group of five to, you know, power five. And it just doesn't seem like that's happened yet. And again, maybe he is a fine coach, but he hasn't set himself up with, you know, the um, like position coach as well, which still mm-hmm. reflects up to him. So I yes. am hoping that like he turns a corner because I, I do think there's something there, but he clearly has not made the tough decisions or the correct decisions to put us in a position to win because this I is ridiculous. Think, I just think it's a longer process than what people, than what people realize it is. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's not like when you're sick and then you just like feel better one day and then you make improve. It's like, it's more of like a, um, like a wall street chart where it's like over time you want to yeah. see things getting better, but it's like, sometimes you take a step back before you take. Right. But I feel like Nebraska is like preemptively, they don't want to have that, like they understand it's not linear. And so they're like, we don't want to take a step back. So like, let's just never take a step forward. And then we don't have to take the step back. I have actually liked his play calling, but like going for it on fourth downs more often, especially because we don't have a, a kicker. Um, like I, I've like, it's been more like go big or go home. And I liked his play calling better this year than last year, but like light years better. 
And so it's like, I don't know, but it's just like when I, it just like nothing makes me matter than seeing people call for Scott Frost to be fired. That is not the answer, like not at all. And it's just going to be like, it's going to be really nice when he actually does like turn the corner and start getting the wins. And like, I'm just going to be there in the front seat saying, I told you so. So (laughs) fair enough. I, uh, I'm not on the bandwagon to fire him yet. I just think he needs to start making some changes and be a leader. Um, And if he doesn't, then. I don't think he'll be around much past two or three years. I still think he can, but, and I want to give him that time, but he's got to start making some different decisions for the team. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, <laughs> okay. Do you guys also feel like Tanner Morgan is like kind of morphing into PJ Fleck and vice versa where you're like, oh not my gosh, sure which one is which <laughs> they look like brothers. Yes. <laughs> okay. I just find that hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Both bald look like middle-aged men. Look, they've been around with Minnesota for a while. Also, can we talk about their offensive line? I think the average age is like 47. And um, there's, I'm not even kidding. I think all of them use the extra year of eligibility. So I like, I'm going to be really anxious to see them next year because I think they're going to be complete. I think they all have to have all their, their eligibility up by next year. So I want to see what their O line's like next year when they don't have, you know, because they have the biggest, like, don't they have the biggest offensive line in the country? I think they did last year. I think that was a stat. And I think they had the number one, like, heaviest player or something. They all came back. (laughs) Yeah. So They all came back. Heaviest player. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But, yeah. I'm like, Minnesota is just a different place. (laughs) Uh, Classic. But, uh, yeah. It was unfortunate. I was hoping. Hoping it was one of those games I thought we could definitely pull out a W on. So, it was was disappointing. We, We played well in the third quarter. Um, our defense, you know, they, the opening drive for Minnesota, they pretty much enforced their will, just march down the field methodically. But after that, our defense, you know, did okay. I think we held them to a reasonable amount of points that our offense should have been able to put up more than that. So, uh, yeah, I just wish we could have, you know, all of our, uh, special, you know, special teams, offense, defense click at once. Cause I, we would, we would be able to win these close games. Um, well, let's, let's wrap that up. Uh, let's move on to something maybe a little bit more fun. Uh, football on fleek is back. So we wanted to have a segment. We needed to bring up the cheeriness level on our podcast. So we wanted to do in honor of, you know, pumpkin spice latte season. We wanted to look at the top 25 teams and, uh, compare them to Starbucks drinks. I'm excited to see what you guys came up with. So what do you have? What's your favorite one? Share with the audience. My favorite drink? Your favorite, yeah, drink or favorite uh, assignment that you picked? Oh, okay. Well, my favorite drink is the strawberries and cream frappuccino. So, you know, <laughs> who I got to give that one to. Plus, it's red <laughs> and white, so it just really works out nicely. The only, only issue with it is... We're not in the top 25. Ca- there's not caffeine in it. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes I just need a little extra, and I feel like that's our team too this year just need a little extra some games so i feel like that's a good fit okay megan what's your uh, favorite uh, comparison i'm gonna start with number 13 notre dame okay and it's like you're like ooh, number 13 kind of like when you see a starbucks cup and you're like ooh, starbucks and then you take a sip and you realize oh it's a decaf and it's not exciting. It doesn't give you that little burst of energy that you need 
like watching a Notre Dame game is like watching a team on decaf. Slow, boring. I don't know how they get the job done. I How are they ranked 13? I don't know. But they're boring and no one should ever drink decaf well, coffee. It's, no it's, one should ever watch Notre Dame. No, but here's the thing. Decaf is for people with heart problems that can't have caffeine. So that will be good for them to also watch Notre Dame because they won't have heart they'll, issues. Yeah, they'll the probably game. fall asleep, right? Coast tried in and out of time. Um, <clears throat> I went, so I do like a pumpkin spice latte, but that's not why I picked them to compare to uh, Cincinnati. So I did that because every fall, like pumpkin spice lattes, like that new, it's not new, but it's like the new hot thing of the season. It's exciting. It's not always around. People like love to rush and go get it. And I feel like that's Cincinnati. Everyone's like, ooh, it's the new like hot thing this, this season is Cincinnati, you know, the group of five team that's now ranked really high. They're not always around, but they are at this point in time. And so everyone's just like kind of excited about Cincinnati. Um, and they are, I think they're exciting to watch. I think they've got a good offense. Um, I was thinking along the same lines as you, I gave Cincy the apple crisp latte because it is new. It's exciting. It was like new this year. Um, but also it's not here to stay. So it's going to go away. Um, yep. Yep. And good point. It's not going to last forever. So yeah. I picked right. that. All right. What well, else? I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to assign Texas A&M a hot chocolate because oh. it's overall more of a kid's drink, which I think overall Texas A&M is really more at like a, a junior level in terms of like, especially playing in the SEC. They're, they're not really one of the big boys, but maybe once or twice a year, as an adult, you're like, yeah, I could use a hot chocolate. Maybe it's Christmas time or, you know, maybe you're out in the, you know, at a bonfire or something. And you're like, you know what? A hot chocolate once or twice a year, it like just really hits the spot. And I think once or twice a year, Texas A&M pulls one out of their butt and just surprises us all like they did against Alabama last week. So I'm going to give Texas A&M a hot chocolate. And sometimes you can even get the hot chocolate like at a kid's temperature so that it's not too hot yeah. for your mouth. Yeah, they so had I like cold milk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I can, I can see that. It's like Jimbo. Um, <laughs> which, we, we want to laugh with you. Please share it again. I know. Let us, let us in on the joke here. Jimbo Fisher is the white milk that they had to cool things off. <laughs> he really brings it right on down. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, once Amy comes back, uh, I... I did a shot of espresso, and I assigned that to Georgia. I said, it's tough, it's quick, it knocks you off your feet, gets the job done, and there's really nothing else that's stronger if you're just wanting that quick, like, pick-me-up. So I feel like Georgia right now really is that team. Their defense is solid. Offense isn't great, but they do enough to get the job done. And so they're just that tough, quick, hit-you-in-the-mouth team. Um, But it also looks like poop, so... Yeah, and it doesn't always taste great, but you have to do it. Amy, what was the next one you have? Um, well, I since we're still on like, you know, more popular drinks and stuff, I picked um, Alabama for black coffee. Um, it's like I coffee with nothing in it. It's just like a standard drink, you know, a staple of coffee shops. Um. And Alabama's like a staple, but depending on who makes it, it might be a little weaker, you know, one day and 
liable to not hit the spot, but like for the most part, it's like a very solid staple in there. I I also kind of went the same route as you, Amy, for Alabama. I said they're burnt coffee. Like you're forced to watch them. You're like forced to drink it when there's nothing else around. But there's always like burnt or like leftover coffee. So Alabama, kind of the opposite of Cincy, like they're here to stay. They'll always be around. And like you're pretty much forced to watch them because they love showing the SEC play. So I mean, there's nothing wrong with plain coffee, guys. That's my order of choice at Starbucks. So I would love for Nebraska to get to the point where we're we're plain coffee. Oh, we wouldn't we would never just be plain coffee though. We would be coffee with some heavy cream in it because that really great plain coffee. A pike pike place with heavy cream. That's a classic. You throw a fit in Europe when you didn't have your cream. So you'd be (laughs) plain coffee. Okay, Um, I have another one. Okay. Any kind of like blended frap or anything that needs to like get mixed up in like the blender. You know how like it can almost be like a different sip every time if you get like, you know, more fruit or like more of the cream or if it's like a chocolate drink, like more of the mocha in it, but it just like didn't get mixed up all the way. Well, that's Oklahoma. And it's like, you never know which Oklahoma is going to come out or which sip you're going to get. It's like, you might get the one that went down three scores to Texas right away. And then like, or, you know, to Baylor in the big 12 championship, like a year or two ago, it's like, they can look absolutely terrible and then they can come back and like, you know, throw three um, touchdown receptions in like 10 minutes and be back in the game. And it's like, that's Oklahoma to me. Or, you know, they might throw a different quarterback in and then, you know, they're just suddenly a different team. So that's why Oklahoma is a blended frap to me. Okay. I am going to give a matcha tea latte, which is probably one of the worst drinks available at Starbucks. I'm going to give it to Michigan State because (laughs) they are one of the worst teams to be ranked right now. And it's like everyone with the matcha tea latte, it's like, ooh, everyone pretends like they like it because it's healthy and it's supposedly good Plus, for you. Like matcha herb or whatever is green. No, I know. Yes, exactly. That's what made me first think of it was the green connection. And I was like, actually, there's a lot of parallels here because they're really trendy. You know, it's like very trendy to be like, oh, Michigan State, they're so good all of a sudden. And everyone's jumping on this hype train. Yeah. But it's like deep down, does anyone really like the taste of grass? No. This is like matcha tea latte is like drinking liquid grass. Mm. I think just like Michigan State, not going to stick around much longer. People are going to wise up. People are going to quit ordering a matcha tea latte at Starbucks and it's going <laughs> to have to come off the menu soon. That is disgusting sounding. I have not not ordered one yet and I do not think I will be. On kind of the flip side of things, though, my favorite drink is a cold brew. So I like, like, the vanilla sweet cream or the pumpkin cold brew. I can drink a cold brew during the winter. So because I I assigned it to the top 25 teams, I couldn't pick Nebraska as my cold brew. So I went with Oklahoma State because Mm. they are my favorite team in the rankings. And my favorite drink is cold brew. That's the only parallel I have. But I feel like it's okay. The pumpkin one, it's orange, and they're orange. So you could throw that in. That's true. I'm all about the colors. The colors are fitting there. That is true. Um, And then, of course, I had to do Iowa since they are ranked. And so I was like, what is, like, a good analogy for Iowa? And I went with, like, a watered-down latte. Or, like, have you ever had one of those lattes where clearly they didn't put enough espresso in it? Like, it's mostly just milk. 
So it's like very bland. It's like not warm. It's not hot. It's like warm. It's kind of like tepid. Um, so I feel like that's Iowa where like on the surface, you're like, mm, a latte, that sounds delicious. But like mm-hmm. when you get down to it, it's just a bunch of like warmish milk with like very little substance. I feel like that's yeah. Iowa. Like they look really good. Like, oh, they're shiny. They were ranked number two at one point. Like, wow, it's amazing. But like when you really get down to it, Iowa is not mm-hmm. that good. And Purdue showed that this week. Um, so I thought that was probably a good analogy for them. The reason I don't like that is because the latte is my drink of choice and I don't want to be associated with Iowa in the slightest. Yeah, but I think Laura outlined pretty clearly. This is like when you order ahead and then it take you get stuck in traffic and so you don't get to pick it up until like it's sat there for 30 minutes. And so it's lukewarm. It's kind of gross and watery. We don't have that option of ordering ahead. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Amy lives in the remote wilderness. <laughs> I do. There was like an elk loose at the mall the other day. So, yeah. So, I have a caramel macchiato, which is like, I feel like it's popular and a fan favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like Oregon's always like in the talk, you know, of like, oh, this year they're going to make the playoffs and they're, you know, the the royalty of the Pac-12, blah, 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 blah. But, like, when you actually drink it, it's, like, just all sugar and no bite whatsoever. And that's Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Macchiato. So, yeah. Looks pretty popular, but no real substance. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Okay. My last one is Ole Miss. And for them, I have selected a nitro cold brew. And the reason for this is that knowing someone who is employed by Starbucks, they are legally required to only sell a certain amount of cold brew. Like they can only give you so many ounces of it because of the health implications. And I feel like for Ole Miss, it's like probably because Lane Kiffin is their coach, but no matter where they go, something alarming happens like there's going to be shock there's going to be something dramatic there's going to be something dangerous maybe it's not always good sometimes it's a negative event but you're definitely going to have heart palpitations like something unexpected is going to happen and um i think we saw that in the old miss tennessee game did you guys happen to tune into that um, yes yeah. actually i did i was flipping back and forth between it and another game Okay, so I was actually, I was watching the game because it was a good game, and I fell asleep, and then all of a sudden, (laughs) chaos broke out, and the commentators were, like, going crazy, and I woke back up to watch all of the Tennessee fans, like, hurling plastic bottles and mustard bottles and golf balls and, like, all this stuff down on the field. It was insane, and, like, Lane Kiffin was just... Like, he was throwing stuff back. Like, he was, like, egging them on. I don't know. It's just, it was something else. Anyway, so I think of Ole Miss, I think of a nitro cold brew because it's like, buckle up. You know, this is going to be a ride. <laughs> just yeah. get ready. <laughs> just give it straight to Lane Kiffin. Um, but, yeah, I do. I do understand that. Although he he did kind of start that whole, like, well, he threw his clipboard into the stands. Um, and then as he was walking off, like, I do realize the, fans were like curling things down on him but he was like egging them on by like saying pointing at himself and saying he was number one and then and then throwing his visor into this yeah yeah so and he's been like tweeting about it all week so yeah Yeah. and i'm obviously i'm not trying to say that tennessee's fans are you know the classiest and they don't but like 
he did egg that situation on a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so my very last one is I have to admit that when we did this segment, um, I had to Google some Starbucks drinks because we do live in Dickinson. We do have one in a grocery store, but it's like one of the ones that you have to go inside for and you can't, it's not like an actual corporate Starbucks. Right, right. Do any of the, so it's like they may or may not make the drinks the right way. And it's just, I don't know, we Mm -hmm. don't there very often at all. Um, (laughs) So I Googled and as I was looking through the list, I was like, who knew they have steamed apple juice? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. And I'm like, who could I give that to? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give that to Arizona, who has not won, who has, like, the longest losing streak in college football. I I think it's 15 games now that they haven't won. Oh, wow. And they lost to – they lost to somebody they haven't lost to since, like, the 1950s this past week, I think. Let me just look this up real quick to get my facts straight. The Arizona Wildcats football team has lost a school record – 15 straight football games, the longest current losing streak in college football. The Wildcats have not won a game since October 5th, 2019. Oh, my. If it drops every remaining game this season, which is possible, its streak of consecutive losses will be at 24 games. And they're like underdogs next week, and it mm-hmm. it might be a while before they actually do win one. So, um. Yeah, oh, and they were shut out last game. Who did they play? Oh, wow. NAU. Yeah, they lost to NAU for the first time. That's bad. Well, so I guess just a little better about our situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, okay. Put things into perspective. perspective. We were on the one-yard line four times. <laughs> it couldn't get in to the end zone. Ah, uh, yes. So, see, guys, it could be worse. Relatable, but yes, that is even worse. So they are my steamed apple juice. I also feel like you could give like some tea out to people because it's like who really goes to Starbucks for tea? Yeah. Nobody yeah. really goes there to order that. It's just like you're there. And so it's like, I don't know, maybe Kansas. Mm-hmm. You'd think of the typicals like Bowling Green and Vandy, but they both made themselves relevant beating Minnesota and then having a girl kicker. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You could go on for a while, though. Well, I liked it. I liked our comparison. And of course, our listeners are free to share um, on Instagram or Facebook. Let us know uh, what comparisons you guys made between Starbucks drinks and uh, the team's top 25. Let's transition to talking a little bit about last week's games. Um, The biggest one probably was the fact that Iowa lost to Purdue. Not that it was shocking, but just because it was a number two team um, that has now fallen again. Uh, I was watching that game and I was like, thank goodness. Yeah. I I knew it was just a matter of time before they got exposed, but, um, I'm really glad that Purdue capitalized on it by their, um, they, they tweeted out and it was like, we beat the number two out of Iowa. <laughs> that was my favorite thing all weekend. Cause uh-huh. it wasn't a great <laughs> football for very, me. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah. yeah. Petrus or Petrus or what the heck is that quarterback? <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. he's just like not good. I still yeah. think and Nebraska. Sorry, I still think Iowa's like turnover margin is still positive, like pff, ten or something ridiculous. Yeah, but, but yeah, that quarterback is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to think what like Iowa fans think of him. If it's kind of like what a lot of Nebraska fans mm-hmm. think of Martinez, because I'm just like he's 
not even it's not that he's not good he's like actively bad <laughs> well i sabotaging like, the team out there i have decided this season is just a wash it's like this keeps happening every year i'm like okay you know what just put it behind me but like i'm holding like this season can still be a win for me if we beat iowa and like beat them handily like i'm just like that's gonna be good enough for me this season so i still like i always search for ways to have hope and like you know light at the end of the time <laughs> And that is my current, like, you know what, still going to be okay if that's all we do. I can't wait to hit that guy. I can't wait to, ooh, I just see yeah, turnovers. I'm excited. Well, they are beatable now. It's been proven, so well, we can do this. Yeah, let's, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed for that. Um, Oklahoma State, Texas, this was a great game. Um, yeah, it really was. I was uh, monitoring it kind of like, you know, how you, when you watch a game, you see the ribbon below give you like score updates. So mm-hmm. then when I was seeing it get close, I was flipping back. Um, so I was excited that Oklahoma State was able to get the win. Um, Kentucky and Georgia, not too surprising, I don't think. Was anyone no. surprised? Did anyone think Kentucky would do a little bit better? I didn't. I I feel like they played about as well as we expected them to you know they did put up a fight they scored on Georgia which is more than most teams scored have done twice. so scored twice yeah, yeah yeah so and they and they anyway. put, they had that one penalty they honestly probably should have scored three times but that penalty um got called back so it like I I don't know like I think that yeah it finished about what what I thought but I was actually cheering for Wandale that game um but I noticed that Kentucky ran that play we did where it's like <laughs> they didn't do any better than we did. <laughs> they just like, throw him out <laughs> and, like hang him out to dry. And I was like, oh, but that feels familiar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> we got him ready for that. Yeah. Arizona State, Utah. I'm not going to lie. I just looked at the score after. I was, I was surprised because Arizona State was up by a lot at halftime. Yeah. Nice. And, I mean. Not going to lie, I didn't watch it either, but uh, <laughs> when I checked the scores before I went to bed, I was like, oh, yeah, they've got this. And then somehow, you know, the next morning, I'm like, what happened? Utah beat them soundly. And normally, Arizona State is the team that, like, I feel like they don't come out playing. Mm-hmm. The they start slow. Yeah. But Yes. And so when they, they were up by a lot, I was like, okay, well, yeah, they're going to win. That's what I thought would happen. Um, yeah, I would like to say I set a record. For I think I literally only got one game right. <laughs> it was the Clemson <laughs> game that they barely beat Syracuse. So which Clemson should not have won that game. I, we watched that game. It was on a Friday night, so you know there's nothing else on. So we watched the entire game, and Syracuse had that, and all they had to do was kick that field goal to tie it. Which honestly, I didn't love that play call because I feel like they should have just gone for it on fourth down. Once I saw their kicker come out, and they were like, "He's like one for six. and I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> Why are we putting was, this on his shoulders? No. It was fourth and very short too. Like they had converted yes. on much like yes. longer fourth downs, like several times that drive already. So I'm like, I didn't fully understand that call either. But yeah, and then but then I'm like, well, it's okay. Like let's go to overtime or whatever. And then yeah. he missed that kick, and I'm like, Clemson is the luckiest team. They're like right up there with Notre Dame now. I just can't stand it. And they didn't yeah. block it. That was just him sucking. So. Right. No, yeah. totally. Totally. Clemson has had a lot of like overtime and last minute points. Yeah. They, 
they're like the opposite of Nebraska. They somehow managed to always turn on the on the winning side. Sadly, sadly, so they just always seem to find a way. Maybe there's like standard deviation or something. Like maybe they'll go on a run where it's like in the opposite. You know what I mean? Like I feel like over time it'll all even out. So I'm just waiting for our run of good luck because we've had so much bad luck. It's like it's gonna happen. Okay. Okay. All right. We certainly well, you go. you did get another game, Amy. You got Michigan State, uh, Michigan State, Indiana, but it was a very, very, very close game. I really thought Indiana was gonna be able to do it, but uh, Michigan State did come out with the win. Big Ten is such a toss-up. It makes me so mad that Nebraska is not competing better, but. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, um, especially when people are like, oh, my gosh, the Big Ten East. And we have played almost every one of those teams at this point in the season. And we could have beaten all of them, you know. So yeah, yeah. it's just frustrating because I'm like the the narrative would be so different if we could have just done what it takes to win, which is, you know, just not fall apart at the end. But anyway, yeah. water under the bridge. A game that we uh, all missed was Auburn-Arkansas. Um, Arkansas just looked <laughs> a little dazed and confused out there. Yep. Um, not sure what happened there. Bo Nix must have pulled it together for a, for a game. Yeah, I was hearing someone talk about it, and they were saying when you look at the stats of teams the week after they play, like Alabama or Georgia, um, their next game is typically horrible. And so I'm wondering if Arkansas is just a little hungover from play in Georgia. You get excited to play Alabama and Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no, there's no excitement. Like, I mean, Auburn, I don't know. It's not the yeah. same. Like you can't keep that level of high for so long. Right. Right. But I, I think the other point was just, you take such a beating when you play a team that's so physical, like Alabama or Georgia, that sometimes it takes more than one week to recover <laughs> to be able to right. you know actually play back up to the standard that you were before okay, so like, I don't know I still I still think Arkansas is a good team they you know are obviously they need to put it together and start winning games I feel right. like Scott should hire me <laughs> with all okay. that money that they That's have fun. it's like I guarantee you if you're like hey all of you players that get this many stats or that like give them something like bribe them. I'm a mom. I bribe my kids. Okay. And a bribery works. You're like, Hey, for all those that do well, there's a masseuse waiting in the locker room. Like <laughs> you think they'd be like your sore muscles. Wouldn't that feel so good after the game? Yes. They probably I, have trainers to do that, but yeah, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. That is part <laughs> of their talking about like athlete compensation. I'm talking about an actual feel-good massage, and obviously, you got to be careful with things, you know. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> bad massage line. I would be there to oversee. <laughs> oh my god! To I, oversee, what does that look like? You just walk around. Mm, does that feel nice? No, I'm like the chaperone. I'm like the chaperone. You're thinking on grown men then. Making sure <laughs> that we don't get like a lawsuit against us, you know, and stuff. I'm yes, like, yes, Olga does nice massage. Yeah, like, or, you know, come on, um, Sven, work a little harder. You know, he had some good catches and his arms are sore. Like, you know, I don't know. I when just you like, drop that pass, you dig the elbow in. Yes, <laughs> and then there's like a little surprise maybe in the middle if you had something bad and then you learn not to do that. <laughs> a little surprise in the middle, let's reword that. 
No, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. <laughs> when Megan was talking about, like, their bodies being beaten down and stuff, I'm just, like, thinking, like, I feel like, too, a woman, like, getting more women in football, I, <laughs> it would be a new, like, view and a different way of doing things that I think could help us turn a corner. I don't okay, know. You're saying, okay, a woman's perspective could maybe yes. add some, yes. yeah. Yes. It couldn't hurt at this point. Because it's not all about calling the right plays, although I do think yeah. I could do well at that. But it's not all about that. There's a lot of, like, mental um, – emo- like, football's a very emotional sport. Like, who has the momentum? Like, there's just yeah. so much that goes into it. Okay, well, we'll put a pin in that idea. Um, come back to that. Uh, well, <laughs> to recap this segment so nicely – um, I did win, so back-to-back champion, which is good because I was really off base the first five episodes we did. Um, so thank you to uh, the Oklahoma State, Georgia, Utah, and Clemson, who was the winning teams for me. The picks for this upcoming week, we have five of them. Um, the first one is Purdue versus Wisconsin. <sighs> I'm so torn on this one. Ugh, what do you guys think? You Why are you torn? Why are you torn, Laura? Because Purdue's obviously ranked, but I uh-huh. do think Wisconsin, Graham Mertz is so streaky that I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe he can put together a win. Uh, and I don't know which would be worse because we play Purdue after that. So I'm like, do I want them mm-hmm. to come off a, a loss and be like dejected? Mm-hmm. Or if they right. come off a loss, will they be ready to play against us? So, so you I'm, want to gonna take, I'm gonna take Purdue. Yeah, you want them to win so that it's a stronger win for us. Well, the thing is, we're playing both teams, so right, it doesn't I know, really matter. But, like, but but if Purdue gets beat by Wisconsin and then they're both unranked, it's like not we okay. beating two unranked teams isn't the same as like one decently ranked and one unranked. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. I'm going to be cheering for Purdue just because I hate Wisconsin. So I'll go ahead and pick them. But I do okay. think historically Wisconsin has kind of had their number. So it's just like one of those things playing for pride. I wouldn't be surprised either way who wins this game. Okay. Well, I also have to choose Purdue because I cannot cheer for Wisconsin. I honestly think it's a toss up though. I don't really know what's going to happen here, but cheering for Purdue. Um, I picked this game because I personally think it's going to be really close. Um, Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Oklahoma State's ranked eighth. Iowa State's not ranked. But I do think the matchup's going to be really good. I think it's going to be a three-point game. Um, but I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to get it done. I have to go with Oklahoma State. I, I don't know much about Iowa State, but they don't seem to be having a great season and Oklahoma State has not let me down so far so I mean, this is what happens this is so boring when we all pick I know I know that's why I, I said unfortunately because, I, I do horrible because yeah. I'm just like trying to be disagreeable um but like yeah I also don't don't think because you think number eight playing an unranked you think blowout but like I also think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think um but the thing is, I picked against Oklahoma State last week, so I can't really do it again in good conscience. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I think this game we might have some different picks. Clemson is playing 23 Pitt. I'm taking Pitt. I think Pitt is good. I don't think Clemson is, so I'm going to 
just jump in right away and say Pittsburgh for me. I'm picking Clemson. I think this is like a um, who's your daddy type game. And Clemson is Pitt's daddy no matter what the rankings are. So I am also going to take Clemson as well. I hope Pitt wins, but I'm going to take Clemson as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if they lost, but not not at all. Okay. LSU and number 12, Ole Miss. Again, big news for LSU is that Ed O is Okay, I heard that it was because he he was, like, hitting on some, like, (laughs) pregnant, like, wife of, like, some high-ranking LSU person. (laughs) Is that true? I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories about him in co-eds, and then another story came out that said he let his girlfriends bring, like, their kids to practice and run drills with the players. (laughs) But I think overall, like, no, that's a real story. I think overall it sounds like it's a woman issue to some degree. Yeah, I've heard the only consistent thing I've heard is off the field issues, which that yeah. sounds like it might be bad. <laughs> sounds like off the field, we hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> off and on the field sometimes, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, I'm going to say there. that the uh, the tires rise up, though. Um, they pulled it out against Florida, so I'm actually going to take LSU. Okay, well, I'm going to take Ole Miss. Get your nitro cold brew ready, people, because you don't know what's going to happen here. All right. But this sound delicious. Yeah, Ole Miss is just kind of on a hot streak of, like, winning games, like, close games. And so I just feel like they have the edge right now. Um, Lane Kiffin's, like, at the height of his arrogance. So (laughs) rolling in. Uh, And the last one we have is number 10, Oregon versus UCLA. I am going, as much as I'd like to see, um, I actually called him – so it's Chip Kelly, but I think on a co-podcast, yeah, I never issued a, uh, what is it called? Not a disclaimer, but like a correction. And that um, I, Notre Dame, I said Chip Kelly was the winningest coach for Notre Dame, which should have been Brian Kelly. So that made me think of it just now. As much as I'd like to see UCLA turn the corner, because I feel like they are in the same boat as Nebraska with the new head coach, I think Oregon's going to get it done. Well, the difference is UCLA has had some success this season, and I actually think that they could beat Oregon so I will pick UCLA okay um yeah I think this is gonna be kind of like a high scoring game bet the over um oh I I feel like it's always a safe bet when UCLA is playing to bet the over I think I'm gonna go with Oregon I think the caramel macchiato is gonna (laughs) the fighting caramel macchiatos withstand the um I don't know what UCLA would be all right well do you guys want to hear the best thing about this week we don't have to lose. We aren't going <laughs> to lose this week. Woohoo! Yay! We can just relax. It's wonderful. Some good snackies and just enjoy everybody right. else getting their hearts eaten out. So That's right. Exactly. That's right. We will be those people. The uh, football Grinches. Um, rooting for everyone else to lose. So that is the exciting thing about this week is we can all kind of have a uh weekend off um i'd probably the pumpkin patch is gonna be bumping this weekend because everyone goes out when nebraska's not playing but we're uh we're excited to have this little bit of, of a break also also Ooh. shout out to our future niece or nephew we will be finding oh. you this weekend so i'm team girl well with our family's history i'm just gonna have to go with girl as well okay i'm the lone boy but like I swear to all that is holy, if she is having a girl and she hasn't been sick once, 
like she the only thing like the their very first heart rate was like pretty high which made me like lean towards girl just a smidge but like she hasn't been sick at all fair enough fair enough well yes we will actually find out this weekend and we will talk to all of you guys uh on tuesday bye Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content. A woman, like, getting more women in football, like, getting it from a different angle. Like, okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should take this part out. But I'm just like.